0: I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter, run hip-hop by the numbers on Twitter. Use hip-hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture.
1: And I'm director of The Fifth Element, while I highlight the fifth element hip-hop, which is knowledge. (sighs) We have an APB on an MC killer. Looks like the work of a master. Evidence indicates that his stature merciless like a terrorist hard to capture. The flow changes like a comedian. Plays like a friend. It stabs you like a dagger. This technique attacks the immune system disguised like a liar, paralyzing the victim. You scream as it enters your bloodstream, erupts your brain from the pain these thoughts contain. And my thoughts contain, welcome to the Thingy
0: it's contained. that's deep yeah, it's gonna be interesting i'm gonna, I'm gonna, make, deep some, fam. I'm gonna make some deep. assertions on this episode make some assertions <laughs> you are you are and i'm gonna hold you to him hi ben how's your week been what we'll have be you listened to this week this week man so i got into king gizzard and the lizard wizard great fucking name omnium gatherum Now, in an interview with Spin, the interviewer described this album as encompassing various eras of the band, but I think that statement could equally be applied to just various music eras in general, you know? It's born, actually, of an epic jam session with the classic Australian band Tropical Foxstorm. Great name for a band, too. The first track, the, The Dripping Trap, is an incredible start, this long lead guitar section, sustained by insistent percussion and the feeling that each crescendo is just prepping you for the next it's it's like surfing it's like being out there on waves man it's fucking great but then things get really odd we get magenta mountain which has a riff so reminiscent of craft work i get the impression that the imitations on this record were entirely by design you know it feels almost like a parody record at times after that we get indie pop uh we get Kelper 22B, which is a modern jazz infusion that I wouldn't be surprised to see on a Flying Lotus album. Then Gaia, which I really hope is a Rick and Morty reference because the song is just weird as fuck. Uh, it almost sounds like they're trying to do a remake of that Lou Reed and Metallica album, which I love, Lulu, except slightly more melodic vocals and instrumentals, more in the realm of Black Sabbath. It's a weird mix. It's It's really simple, and again, it feels like a parody. The next song is this slow, soft rock jam, uh then it it descends into kind of 60s psych rock then we get our rage against the machine moment on uh sadie sorceress gives way to this wild wild like but but the whole thing is just crazy man evilest man i think is the best track on the album that is the true centerpiece It's strong it's powerful the lyrics touching deeply on the existential state of living in a world that's so fraught with misinformation with hate with aggression Uh, at six minutes this opens into this hulking guitar sludge that eventually slips away and just peters out it's a brilliant piece of music brilliant seven and a half minutes of pure genius but then we get the garden goblin which just sounds like a mac demarco song blame it on the weather is more strong jam rock i like that uh i don't know what persistence is it's soft rock that sounds like it's a ford commercial i don't know what they did with that one The Grim Reaper sounds like slam poetry, and it's an album that's so grand in scope, I think it actually folds in on itself, and it becomes a bit of a caricature of itself, because I genuinely did think this might be a parody album, but maybe they're just out of ideas and kind of throwing stuff at a wall at the moment and seeing what sticks, because it's definitely not a bad record, but it's certainly, I feel, subpar for the quality that this band is known for. So yeah, man, you know, it's worth a check out for sure. Uh, Ransom, No Rest for the Wicked. Now I find Ransom really fascinating and actually the perfect expression of modern MCs, what I like to think of as the J. Cole effect. And let me just cancel myself here because, you know, it's on a slightly different scale, but I think it applies to a lot of uh, modern MCs, you know, Crook, Joel, you know, artists of that kind of caliber, like we would call them spitters, you know, in the in the modern game. Now, Ransom will drop 10 brilliant bars on every song, but equally so, he'll drop 10 bars that are heading towards the opposite end of that scale, They're a little bit corny. And his storytelling sounds stilted, but that's only because he tells a story with every single bar. You know, every bar he raps, he's trying to both convey a new thought or idea and add to the overall narrative of the song. And I could see why that might jar some people because it's a full meal. And his flow is so defined and, and his vocals so overt that he might as well be sitting in the room like extrapolating on his existential musings to you in person. But so many modern MCs will slip some low tier bars in amongst the highest tier. It's almost like they're in the studio and they're not sure what people will gravitate towards. Or maybe it's just that they're rapping with you know no filter and they're just spinning from the heart or off the top of the head and they're just rapping as it comes up. Now I rate this project higher than what I thought I was going to. I think that 38 Specials are standout on Rituals as he always is. Uh, Ransom kind of rinsed the game on circumstances. Willie the Kid pops up, JR. I definitely think it's worth your time if you're looking for some underground hip-hop. I think by far the best track for me is Imperial Glaciers, and I actually felt the final three tracks were some of the best lyricism I've ever heard from Ransom. so it was, it was better than I anticipated. Action Bronson, Cocodrillo Turbo, oh, man. Look, man, there's no one in the game. This is getting me excited. I'm never excited. There's no one in the game who can rap like Action Bronson. His bars are so insanely self-contained and just packed with imagery. You, you've you got to be out of your mind to come up with some of this shit. It's so deeply entertaining, and I love on this project. He's back with Alchemist. He's linking up with Darringer and Rock Marciano as producers. And he's even producing uh, Tongpo and Zambezi himself, which I don't know that he's done a lot of production himself. And those are great songs. The production absolutely gives me rare chandeliers vibes. You know, the kind of stuff he used to throw at us on these mixtapes that made him such a critical darling in the early 2010s. I felt like it had, back then on those mixtapes, it almost become like a sport to just throw the wildest instrumentals underneath him and just see how he handled it and see what the fuck came up. And you wouldn't argue that he has one of the best flows in the game or the most diverse because he just doesn't. You know, I, I would never say that he has the silkiest, most adaptable flow. But the production he raps over feels like high art here. You know, it's all jagged edges and lacking cohesive melody and weird time signatures. But look, man, when you rap bars like or verses like, let me just read this verse. Running through the woods, I dropped my nine in the snow, 10 feet deep, look at the pile of blow. Had to choke a motherfucker on the side of the road. I can feel my blood boil, man, I'm out of control. Wetsuit thick so I can shred when it's ice. Then lay in bed with your wife and get mad head from your wife and then get out of bed with your wife. Because I don't cut the bread with a knife, I rip it like a man's supposed to. Leather jacket, Mickey Mantle poster, rock bottom through the buffet, chicken winds flying every motherfucking which way. Hash burning while a motherfucking switching lanes, my pants rip away. I'm out the window, leave you crippled. Dog, it's been six years, I'm trying to get in contact with Pitbull. We've got some business to get into. Short story long, your shit's soft like soft porn. Write your name on a list and cross it off. I drag deer in the swamp, then I roll 25 times and disappear in the swamp. Four Rolls Royces disappeared off the lot, and then four Rolls Royces just appeared on the block. I had to wrestle two bears for the title shot. Kamikaze in the plane, baby, sayonara. Like, whoa, 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 On Turkish, she raps, knock the horse out you rode in on, hit him twice because he had a chin on. Like, I, look, man, I just fucking love this album. My friend Hugh texted me and he said he loves it when Action Bronson just does not seem to care at all about music. He's just making it to make it and certainly he had that feel on his early tapes which, you know, he was a chef in New York City and he had his own cooking show, Action in the Kitchen, but he broke his leg and whilst he was struggling with his mobility and unable to cook, he actually recorded Dr. Lecter and began his music career and there was never any real pressure I feel like on Bronson until the mid-2010s. You could argue that that's when his content became a bit patchy. You know, we love Mr. Wonderful on here, but Blue Chip 7000 and White Bronco were a bit, you know, they were a bit eh, and Lamb Over Rice as well. But I think since 2019, after he actually appeared as an actor in The Irishman and 2020 in The King of Staten Island, I think his music's been much freer and calmer. And, you know, I'm fucking all the way here for it, man. Uh, I love this project. So that was me, Charlie. What about yourself? Oh, where's the future? Uh would you want look man, alright, what would you please look th- I, I want
1: you to do it for one reason and that that reason is this. This is a visual medium by the way, sorry guys if you uh-huh. listen on pod. But basically I'll describe what I'm doing right now. Is I'm that chastity belt? A oh, fa- okay. I'm putting on a face mask. Over my eyes, so as so so I can also while I can feign sleeping, because that's what I do when it comes to future it's actually on the album
0: cover, so it's perfect. So, carry on. <sighs> Bro. Look, man. What do, you, what do you always... Like, it's just future. It's the same future we always get, you know. There's a song called For a Nut on here. There's a song called Chickens in which he just references chickens 44 times. You know, I went through the lyrics and I did a lyrical deep... <laughs> look at Charlie just... <laughs> <laughs> Let me just put up the video. <laughs> <laughs> I... I... I did a lyrical deep dive, and I'm going to put a video out on uh, on this album and how it, you know, where, where it ranks in in terms of toxicity and and uh, money talk and talk about women and all he talks about on this album is drugs, money, women, violence. That's all you're going to get. That's all you ever get on a Future album. And reading the lyrics, if you go through the lyrical content, you'd be like, "Wow, this is some low tier trash, garbage music." But it really isn't. It's the exact same as every Future album. I think I don't think there's you know, it's not DS2 level, but it's also not as honest level. You know, it's right in the middle. I felt like people were saying that it's a it's a comeback after High Off Life. It's the same, like, and that's not a bad thing. I listened to it the other day when I was going for a run, and it's good. It's good, but it won't sit with you for very long. You know, I actually went halfway through my run and then just changed over to the Pooh Shiesty album because I was like, I'd much rather listen to Pooh Shiesty for the rest of this run. So it's not bad, It's it, there's bangers on here, the beat slap, Future sounds incredible, as he always does, Silky Smooth. Um, look man, if you're expecting something different from Future a decade into his career, I don't think we're ever getting anything different from Future, it's just gonna be the same every, every time. And you know, he, uh, he has so much content that I really don't care that much about new music from him. I'm not excited for it, uh, I'll check it out for sure and i'll go back to it which i always do and probably put it on a couple of times when i just feel like being a bit savage or feel like just disconnecting from the world for a while but yeah man it's just kind of what charlie charlie's kind of fucking nailed it right there's put up charlie there you go that's that's the future album so yeah well said charlie Charlie was waiting to bust that out, too. He's like, oh, Ben's, Ben's definitely going to talk about future, He went out and oh, bought yeah. that. He prepped that, man. He went out and bought that. No, I've had
1: that for years. <laughs> I've had that for years. Shout out to Mantle. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I just wanted... Yeah, no, no. Because I, I saw that album cover and I was just like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to do this. <laughs> as soon as the album cover came out, I was like, oh, yeah. Anyway, so what uh, us to uh, cannabis and Pete Rock C, Louis P, Ooh. not uh, you know, very quick, a yeah. uh, couple of tracks, the literally the three pack. Um, you get an a cappella and the instrumental as well, along with it. So, if you've opened any of that, um, then there you go. So, I, I do, I do like it when people, I do like it when artists do that especially when it's, like, an MC and a producer where you can, like, you can get the acapella version. You can also get the instrumental version if you fuck with that as well. Um, I think only, like, DJ Newmark and Slim Kid Trey have done that in recent years so, so that I know of. But, yeah, man, I, I appreciate that in in that
0: sense. What did you think about uh, MC8 rapping, though? What did you think about Cannabis' actual rapping? Um, I didn't really... Uh, I was a bit disappointed.
1: It's... it's yeah, it's, it's like, it's, I think like the, I think the beats themselves like were great, but I just don't really, I don't know, it didn't really like fit the essence, especially the third track, the remix, I forget what it's called, but it's something with a remix in it, and it uh, had a couple eyes on it, I was just like, mm, I don't know, like everyone else was fine, like Pete, I remember Pete Rock did some bars on that, and that was kind of cool. And then it's just like, can it was like this, and why are you just so angry all the time? Um, I didn't mind the, I guess the the tone of it and the thematics of it. Um, if I read the bars, yeah, I, I think if from what I'm from what I remember, it's okay. But like, yeah, nothing to write home. But um, but yeah, it literally it was only just three tracks anyway. So you know, it's not so um, cra- cra- crazy 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 going for your neck or anything. So. Anyway, uh, MC8 Revolution in Progress. Speaking of, um, I really fucking love MC8. I, just, I, forget, I keep forgetting how much I love MC8. Like I just, I just, I, re- I just love it to death. Like this is just ultimate fucking bumping the whip music. It's great. Like it's just slow bouncy beats. Uh, MC8 just constantly, constantly just like flowing on it. Just not like trying to kill the track, so to speak, but just like just riding with it. Um, oh no! is on the regular rotation, stamp that shit, um, I love that track to death, it's heat, um, and yes, it's just half an hour of just MC8, you know, it got a bit of corrupt, like, kind of doing the Flavor Flav, uh, act, uh, in, in that, in that particular track, but yeah, apart from that, super solid, uh, Fat Lip and Blue, Live from the End of the World, Volume 1, it said on the Spotify, like, uh, something, something to the frame of, um, <clears throat> um what's the word um what's the word <laughs> I, lost, I lost oh yeah demos yeah had, had the word demos in it and i was wondering what was going on there I was just like why does it say demos um now now that, that said um i don't i don't i don't know if these were demos or not <laughs> cuz some of them do sound a little bit like demos like do you sound a bit unfinished not in like i mean in in several ways sometimes it's like the 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 beat kind of sounds weird or the there's not like I don't know, something like uh, gangster rap. I just found that a bit bare bones to me, um, because just you're just saying, gangster rap, gangster rap, gang, gang, gangster rap, gangster rap, and it's like, okay, cool. Doing this for three minutes, all right, cool. Um, So yeah, I don't know, I just found a couple of the tracks a little bit bare bones, but overall I think it was pretty solid, I think, uh, you know, great features all around, Uh, the aforementioned MCA actually, (laughs) I listened to this back to back, I was like, oh look, another MCA, there we go, happy days, Um, Charlie Tuna as well, Uh, obviously Mad Lib, Um, who else did we have, let's see if I can check right quick, Um, but yeah, you know, apart from that, you know, it's, it's a solid what 26 minutes? I count it as an EP, it's nine tracks. So, you know, a um, Akil, uh, GBA, Hemlock Ernst, uh, Rascass, Knowledge um, on Street Life. Street Life was okay, but I, f- I felt like it was just more about the sample, which is kind of what knowledge does. So sometimes it's kind of you have to kind of wrestle with that when it comes to knowledge a bit. Um, and obviously, <laughs> oh, obviously Gift a Gab as well. So, uh, you know, solid features all around, um, but yeah, just I felt like a couple of tracks were a bit. <laughs> Action Bros Cocodrilo Turbo. Um, yeah, I feel like I can't, I can't. <laughs> I feel like I just have to just read some. I think if if anything, because uh, it was, it's just, it's just, it's just so esoteric. Uh, it's just, it's great. It's, 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 it's. It's so easy to just like put on, and when he's just in this mood of just fuck it, it's just, uh, and that's just it. I just love it. I love the, just the fuck it nature of, of everything. Um, I think my favourite track was probably Jaguar. Um, but even with that said, I didn't really like the end where it was just like pig squealing for a minute. And I was just, I just felt a bit uncomfortable cause it just sounded like pig squealing. Um, but yeah, here's, here's some of that. Uh, never looking me in the eye with, like a gypsy sending roses. Mysterious lady with the dragon tattoo on her shoulder. Let the tommy off out the stroller with the motor. And jump over the hood of the jaguar like a jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's so crap sometimes, but it's just, it's just funny. It's esoteric. I love it. Come the fuck on, man. You know it's me, bitch. Uh, you could find me in the tree like a black jaguar. Or in the aisle three at Pathmark about to buy my son a matchbox car. My performance like Alan Donald at the combine. Love and hate. There's a fine line. Should I let it go? No. Or turn him to a wonton? You should be. You could be. You would be gone long time. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, so it's so just. Oh, goddamn. It's it's like it's one of those thing. It's one of those things where like, it it, it gets to the point of parody where you just like even trying like even trying sometimes but. It it is so I guess um, it is so jarring, but because I I mean I remember my mum came in right at one point and uh, and uh, the song the song was on. I was just like, I wonder if she's actually listening to this because I feel like if you just listen to it for a couple of seconds, you're just like, wait, what. I just love that essence the him. So, yeah, shout out to Jackson Brothers. Uh, Gratitude Ridim. Uh, this is an EP uh, featuring uh, six, um, uh, I'm assuming Jamaican eyes, but um, six reggae eyes. Um, uh, Jazz Elise, uh, Naomi Cowan. Uh, let me get the other names up because that's all I remember for the moment. Uh, Samori Eye, Rasai, uh Mortimer, and Kumar. Um, and they ba- basically, it's the, it's the same beat every track, but it's just got their you Know, own flair to it, so it's kind of interesting as a listening experience, I think, of having the same beat on f- six times, but it's always a different artist on it. It's kind of, it feels like a cipher, I guess, in some way. Um, but yeah, it's kind of an interesting experience. Um, I'd say probably Moriya was uh, probably my favorite out of the bunch. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a real, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting, interesting concept. I've heard of a, I've heard of a you know, those kind of EPs a couple of times, It's it's always fascinating. Um, South Armageddon. I really enjoyed um uh I really enjoyed this one actually I feel like um there was a couple of Zarface albums like you know the past couple of years I've just been like yeah it's, it's fine, um I feel like this is a real return of form for everybody I feel like the um is just uh much more uh much more flowing but also every track had its own different essence towards it I really just enjoyed the ride I guess let's just say that um I think uh, a lot of the beats weren't always that just that you know throwback kind of vibe um he had a couple of more chill chill tracks and stuff like that um a couple of skits as well so yeah it's 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 a, it's a solid album i can't complain about starface at all uh pj morton i uh, watch the sun um I, uh, man what can't, P, what can't pj morton, morton do these days man he's a i think this is on his own label uh morton records so shout to him on that um, but yeah, man, it's just uh, great features all around. Watch The Sun with Chronics, amazing. Uh, My Peace with uh, Mr. Talkbox and Jojo, amazing. Be Like Water with Stevie Wonder and Nas. So Lonely with Wale. Still Believe with Jill Scott and Alex Isley. Um, and On My Way with Elder Barge. Um, it, it's just a really solid album overall, man. 37 minutes, 11 songs. Um, and oh, and every track just blends into each other so nicely, uh, it'll be. It's a definite. It's definitely a vinyl pickup for sure. Definitely one of those where if you pop that on vinyl, it's just gonna sound immaculate. I guarantee you. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's a it's a super solid album for sure. And lastly, Tony Bones, the producer. Um, you know, one third of um Jungle Brown. Um, who I've raised for a, a while don't know if they're still doing things. Probably not. I don't think, I think, I think funny enough, I interviewed Rick Flo out of the three, and I think he's <laughs> not even doing music anymore, like, um, in terms of dropping music, but, you know, it's, it's interesting. But uh, Tony Bones is dropping, so here we are. Um, but yeah, this is some, solid, it's like beat, you know, all beats, Um, 33 minutes, 14 tracks. Um, Just, if you like, you know, chill hop, stuff like that um it's really dynamic and it's got some really just nice um you know backing vocals on some of the tracks and it's just really nice to listen to definitely got big replay value for me personally um so yeah shout out to tony bones on that front and with that said we shall hop on to our topic of this episode continuing with our book of woo uh which this one is chapter five if i remember correctly or chapter six i forgot how many we've done so far <clears throat> um, but anyway, regardless of that, it's in the title. You can see it, and uh, yeah, we're covering probably the probably the most underrated of the of the group. I feel like when it comes to Master Killer, when you when everyone asks like uh, you know rank the Wu Tang members, I feel like people just put Master Killer down in the doldrums just because. And I don't, and I don't know whether it's because they haven't spun the albums, because I've always refrained on like, because I've always refrained on like actually doing it, because I haven't listened to any Master Killer albums. I didn't uh, until we did this. I didn't listen to any U God albums, so it was kind of just like I feel incomplete if I do it. If anyone asks me, I'll be like, I'll give you the, I'll give you my top five, because I can at least rank five, you know what I mean? But I can't rank the whole group, because I just don't feel comfortable doing that. I don't feel equipped to do that. Um, but we're getting there, we're getting there. We might do that, the, I don't know, at some point. We'll just, just end up just ranking everyone. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like Master Killer's always just um, just been left there, just there, you know? Like, LCS Chess box in our reference to the start, and, um, you know, but... I just feel like nobody actually has actually taken the time to listen to Master Killer, which is why, which I feel like is one of these episodes where I really enjoyed doing it because it's one of those artists that um, I don't think people have actually taken the time to look into. Um, so, with that said, Ben, what have you looked into pertaining to Master Killer?
0: Yeah, Master Killer. Look, I think that conversations around Master Killer usually languish in the erroneous assertion that he was the final member to join Wu Tang. But in truth, as we've seen so far in our respectives, there was no official joining process. You know, rappers didn't come up and audition for RZA. Master Killer is irrefutable proof of the true collective nature of this group in the early days. And we can certainly point to RZA being the mastermind behind the mechanics of the group, specifically business-wise. But the story of Master Killer, I only think it serves to highlight how haphazard those early days were. Now, as Charlie said, you know, prior to this series, if you'd asked me who the least interesting members of Wu-Tang, where I would probably say you got in, in Master Killer. I guarantee you, by the end of this episode, you're going to laugh at my ignorance of, of Master Killer and Charlie's as well. Like, we we were wrong on this one. We were fucking wrong on this one. But there's reasons for it. There's definitely reasons for it. And a lot I, of it was by I, I, design. I don't know, you're saying. I, don't know you're saying I thought
1: it, bro. I, think, I feel like most people just do it. <laughs> most people just go down that road because of the others are so iconic. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But there's reasons for it. I mean, this is this was Master Killer's, you know, this is his arc. This is kind of what he wanted. And I'll talk about it because, you know, he's born in Brooklyn. And he's I think he's the perfect next step in our Brooklyn side of, uh, of Wu-Tang. He told Vice this about growing up in Brooklyn. When you live in Brooklyn and you're born here, you've probably been through every section. For me, I've been everywhere. Brooklyn has always been a cultural place, always been a melting pot of people. It was coming up. It was very rough. The streets were rough. It was hard to keep a pair of sneakers on your feet. And his introduction to the, King, the sorry, the group came via Jizzo. But unlike the other members, his introduction came very, very late. He told Rosenberg it was around 1990 that he met Jizzo, meaning he was already in his early 20s by the time he entered the Wu-Tang orbit. And his early life is not well documented at all. You know, it's just this... know even with you god he wrote a whole book about his early life like there's not much out there at all about master killer he doesn't do a lot of interviews and when he does he speaks about pretty much from when he met jizza onwards there is one story that stands out he was actually at mcdonald's flipping burgers next to Jeru the damager and in an interview with mookid music Jeru said this he said when we were about 16, we went to the same high school. We were all from the same neighborhood. Myself, Master Killer, Afarra, Blas, Blase Blase, Fat Boys, and a bunch of other groups were from my neighborhood back in the day. So we grew up as kids and we were working in McDonald's. And there's a short video clip during of Mikes and Men called Hidden Chambers with Master Killer and Jizzer, where the two are playing chess in a park. And Master Killer actually reveals that he was hustling prior to connecting with Jizzer and the Wu. And he came into contact with GZA while he was actually trying to transition into a legitimate lifestyle. He was going to night school. He told Rosenberg he met GZA through producer True Master. And that's the biggest part of the story right here because Master Killer was never an aspiring rapper. He said in so many interviews he had no intention of being a rapper. He didn't have a notebook full of rhymes. He wasn't trying to get put on. In fact, he told Vice he actually chewed jizzer in chess and the two of them initially connected over their love of the game he said to rosenberg they once played 72 games of chess in a single day it's a lot of fucking chess man to this very day they play chess with each other very often and jizzer was already on you know by this time you know jizzer was around cold chilling that had come and gone he had his debut album out but Master Killer was very clear in interviews. He had absolutely no interest in the business of hip-hop, in labels, in deals, in albums, in Wu-Tang. He just did not care about that stuff. And it wasn't that he was a reluctant rapper, he just was not one. You know, his focus was transitioning from the illegitimate to the legitimate side of life. And when <coughs> excuse me, when he's asked about his relationship with Jiser in interviews, he lists chess, mathematics, and building as the three key parts that they bonded over. Now Ambrosia for Head said that Master Killer was a b-boy since the eighties and grew up in the same vicinity as Big Daddy Kane, watching lunchroom battles and soaking in the energy. His own words are that he was always a fan of hip-hop. He knew every single word to Rapper's Delight the moment it dropped. And he said that he was infected but not inspired by the block parties going on around him. Hip hop was his life, but we have to remember that it wasn't really a viable business option in the 1980s, because you know, we saw how Shantae got so badly hurt. Because she just didn't see hip-hop as something she could make money from. You know, even by 1996, Jay-Z's first ever song on his debut album was Can't Knock the Hustle. And that track's actually aimed at hustlers who were making fun of him for choosing rap over hustling. Because, as he says in Decoded, there wasn't any money in rap. No one thought you could make money out of hip-hop. So, you know... Imagine what it was like in the mid-80s if in the mid-90s Jay-Z was still rapping that. You know, people weren't thinking that this was a viable way to to earn money. Now, when Jizza actually invited Master Killer to the studio in 1992, he declined. He declined. He told Oz Hip Hop, Jizzer was always speaking about hip hop and what he was doing and things of that nature. But sometimes that's so far-fetched for you to actually grasp. You know what I mean? So one day he said, "Why don't you come to the studio and check us out?" And I passed up that opportunity. And like, look, we can sit here and say that's craziness, but Wu-Tang didn't exist back then. You know, this was pre the debut album. You know, everyone was like if if the the thing that I like to conceptualize with this whole Wu-Tang Book of Wu thing is everyone was everywhere at the start of Wu-Tang. Everyone was doing their own thing. There were little cliques. There were people running together, but Everyone was just so all over the place doing so many different things. And they all like kind of formed in behind RZA because RZA had the beats. RZA had the music. RZA was the, you know, he was the chemist. He was the cook. And so like for for Master Killer to turn down Jizza, it sounds crazy. But it wasn't that crazy, you know. This wasn't this wasn't some like world-beating collective yet. But Jizzle was determined. He evidently saw talent in Master Killer that Master Killer didn't see in himself. He came back the very next day and played him an unfinished version of Protect Your Neck. And these are Master Killer's words to Oz Hip Hop about that song. So the next day we got together. He played me a tape of what they had done in the studio the night before. That tape they played was Protect Your Neck. When I heard that, I knew I was never gonna work again. I wasn't going back to school again. It was over, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh. So from that point on, from right there, I decided to get serious and start writing something that would be worthy to one day maybe be a part of what I was getting ready to be, what I knew was getting ready to be great. So that just changed his whole life and we've heard that that song has changed the perspectives of so many people. It's gotten so many people signed. It's just, that was a song, man. That was a song that launched Wu-Tang and you know the b-side method man hadn't even been cut yet when master killer heard this and he began to see music as a viable option and he told numerous interviews the entire landscape of what Woo was capable of and what they could be the potential in the music opened up to him the moment he heard protect your neck and he saw a different life to the one he was living and it was this moment that he resolved himself to study the craft and attempt to get on firstly the same level as jizzar and then, you know, as the other members, he began to enter their orbit to try and get on the same level as them. He only appears on one song in 36 Chambers, The Mystery of Chess Boxing, as Charlie rapped at the start. If you haven't heard that verse, man, it's insane. That's the first rhyme Master Killer ever wrote in his entire life. Someone even said it was he did it in one take. Unbelievable. Like insanity. MV Remix interviewed him in 2006, and he said this about his, you know uh like connection to to wu-tang he said i never performed until we launched wu-tang that was my first time as an mc i have history since elementary school doing talent shows break dancing and shit like that i was that kind of dude i loved to pop that was me always doing shit around music as far as a mic in my hand wu-tang was the first time there was never a next level for me it was wu-tang and that was it i never tried to get on never looked for any of this because it was never my vision I'm kind of like hanging out with Jizzer and just stumbled across some shit. Oh, word. And I was like, maybe I can do this. When I was young, going to clubs, I was just hanging out. I never went in there trying to be an MC. I never tried to get a record deal or pass out tapes. It's just been Wu-Tang and I'm here. Now, no member of Wu-Tang has an origin story anything like this. You U-God might be the closest because he was kind of running around with Method Man in the streets prior to Wu. And whilst Meth and ODB were taking music really seriously... U-God, you, you of course, rapped, but he was much more focused on uplifting Method Man than his own career. But you god was often present in Riz's basement in those early days, and he was uh, he was mentored by Cappadonna as well. And on top of this, a lot of the Wu members, a lot of them were actually mentored uh, in emceeing by Cappadonna. Master Killer is not any of this, not at all. He just kind of wanders into a studio session, spits his verse on the mystery of chess boxing, stand next to legends who had been honing their craft for years, and launches his career and i i don't think there's a story like it in hip hop
1: certainly not and um it kind of it kind of um gives off this uh kind of like a, i don't know just um what's the, what's the term I, I i'm trying to think of like an analogy towards it or a metaphor towards it but it's like um it's it's cuz it's like you consume all the, you can all this thing right and it's kind of like i guess it's nature versus nurture in some way right when you're exposed to something long enough you you start to see it in the same way that people that are actually doing it are seeing it you know how you know people watch a boxing match and they're just like you see right there should have hooked right there should like probably ain't even been to fight my guy like <laughs> every every squad has that guy where they're watching, where the you and the boys are watching that boxing match, and he's chatting about boxing. I'm just and, and you know we're we're all doing it in some way, right? For, most likely, same with football as well. Like it's, it's just like oh yeah, yeah yeah. Should, should should have passed it there. It's like you you ain't you ain't there, bruv. You, you're not right in your shoes. Like you 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 might not have seen it, right? Obviously, you're gonna see it from you know up there in the broadcaster uh, camera, you know. But I say that to think. About it in the way most Killer sees it, and it's just like okay, I there's all these dope people around me, and it's just like ego is <laughs> a is 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 something I've been working on, and it's actually heat. It must be very it must be very vindicating to just like try something out, and the first try being heat. You know, what I mean, it's I feel I feel kind of jealous, honestly, because all these people just you know, uh, when they start off doing stuff, it's most likely garbage, but Master Killers just like, uh, just came out, came out the gate with heat, and um, you know, in what I've, in not, a, not a spoiler in some way, but you know, I, I don't think he's dropped, I don't think he's dropped crap in my mind, so it's kind of interesting thinking about that, of how he's been decent from the start, you know, hasn't been low tier ever in my mind, and it's just like managed to, regardless of you know critical reviews or um or mainstream appeal. Uh, he's he he can hold he can say he can hold his own in the in the in the best tier pole group of all time, and that's just crazy
0: to think about. Like, just yeah, that's crazy yeah it's just insane man it's absolutely insane and look man i guess the question is begged you know who is master killer in the in the Wu universe because you know they all have like specific roles and they all have different kind of personalities and and the, the thing with master killer is he's not very well defined is it like i couldn't sit here i pre-doing all these i could sit there and tell you who ray was who ghost was who reza was who jizzer was but I couldn't tell. I could tell you who Deck was, who Capadonna was, but I could not tell you who Master Killer and You God were before we did this. And You God, now that I've done some research, that was it was out there already. But Master Killer was hidden. So, like, we look at it, man. ODB was the energy and the vitality. Early, this is early. Meth was the star. You know, he was the one that they were like, this is the man who's gonna like be a leader in terms of the entertainment and the mainstream appeal. Ghost and Ray were the lyrical double act. Jizzle was the sword sharpener. Pause on that. You know after i read <laughs> you know what i mean you know what i mean rizza was rizza was rizza rizza was rizza deck was the esoteric rhymer capadonna was an overseer you god was a hook master and the person was still a couple of feet in the street and you know look there's a legendary story about the recording of master killer's career starting verse on that debut album allegedly the final spot was actually going to go to either master killer or killer priest and Master Killer said, I only had one rhyme. If that didn't make it, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. Think about that. He had one rhyme. He had one 16 to spit. And he spat it. And apparently, whilst Killer Priest slept, Master Killer stayed up through the night writing his verse. And I think that's Master Killer's Wu arc. He was supremely talented, but he didn't just stumble into this. You know, he earned it through dropping some of the wildest verses in the Wu universe. After the debut album dropped, he said that it was time for him to study and to focus. And MV Remix asked him who his biggest influences were. He said he took something from every member of Wu-Tang. And I'd argue he sounds most like Jizer, uh, but he could definitely hang with anyone on the microphone. He definitely had his work cut out though, because you know, before Wu Tang Forever in '97, he appeared on Snakes off ODB's debut. On the classic Wu Gambinos off Only Built for Cuban Links. He was also on Glaciers on that record. Then on Liquid Swords, Jewel of the Iron Mike, possibly a top five Wu Tang song ever. Uh, he raps on that bombing your barracks with aerodynamic swordplay, poison darts by the doorway, mines its laced with explosive doses. Damaging lyrical launcher. Lunge at the youthful offender, then injure. Any contender testing the murderous master could lead the disaster. Dynamite thoughts explode through your barrier. Rips a retina. Who can withstand the astonishing punishing? Stings to the sternum. Shocked in the hip-hop livestock. Bro. <sighs> That's like his fourth or fifth verse ever. <laughs> Holy shit, man. And, you know, mm-hmm. <coughs> when he gets asked about um, what it was like being a part of the movement at its genesis he finds it difficult to answer you know Vlad asks him about 30 times in his interview Vlad Vlad sometimes is great interview sometimes is trash he was really pissing it's funny because when he interviewed I think Ugod Ugod was very very standoffish with Vlad but then Vlad kind of won him over the flip side was true of Master Killer Master Killer was very open at the start of the interview and then Vlad just kept pissing him off by asking stupid questions And he asked him about 30 times what it was like to be there at the start of of Wu-Tang. And, you know, Master Killer said every time he has no real perspective on it because he lived in it. And the Oz Hip Hop interviewer said that Master Killer is known as the most mysterious member of the group. And I think that's for multiple reasons. I think the first is why it took so long for his debut record, which actually dropped in 2004. His response to that is really simple. He said, you know, he doesn't drag RZA like, um, you know, a couple of artists, uh, you got definitely a couple of other artists kind of dragged RZA and said that uh, there was kind of tier A and tier B in Wu-Tang. You know, Ghost, Ray, and Jizza and ODB with tier A, and Deck, You God, you know, that's that's tier B, and there was criticism around that. Uh, But Master Killer does not say that. He says he needed to learn his craft and to study it before he was ready. And 11 years after the debut Wu album, we get his solo album. You know, prior to this, we only get a handful of verses, genuinely a handful of verses. And that's, I think, the second reason he's so mysterious. It's not like he pops up on every Wu song. You know, if we go through how many words he has on each of the first two Wu albums, he has 115 words on 36 Chambers, which is the least of any Wu member, and then 759 on Wu-Tang Forever, which is the second least. Um, and you know, even when we get to the next two albums, the W and Iron Flag, he has 630 on the W, which is fourth most, which is the most, you know, the highest, uh, he's ever ranked. And then on Iron Flag, 680, which is the second least. So he's mysterious cause he just doesn't rap that often. And when he does, it's cloaked in lyricism and imagery. He's hardly the most overt rapper. And that will become very, very clear when we get to, uh, his third and his fourth albums which I think are, they're going to be really interesting to talk about um, and I think finally he's just the most mysterious because we didn't get his solo album until 2004 it was the very last Wu-Tang solo album to came out by a staggering five years You God and Deck dropped in 99 and then we didn't get Master Killer until 04 crazy amount of time and that's it man no said date if you want to jump in Charlie
1: yeah Look, another smash hit. My niggas on the boulevard, East New York squad in the yard getting ripped. At least twenty-five a clip. A hundred men stomping your face. The wolves barking. Careful, you might get trampled. Caught flashing. Wrap him in the masking tape. Jimmy Baskin. Murder was the case when the crowd broke full Iron Mike Doll held down by a poolside. Along came a spider spun spools in a cipher, swinging on your mic. Lead spray from sword off pipe. Stenographer type, the get hype slang, flow roll, like water off the brim when it rain, I am maiden, check matin. No escaping, we taking it. So as verse two off grabbed the mic and I was kind of just like I was like, oh, it's gonna be this kind of episode. <laughs> and I started listening to shit. <laughs> I started listening to Oh, to, to friggin' I It's just like, as soon as Grab the Mic came out, I was just like, oh, right, it's gonna be one of these. Okay, well, it's just gonna be like, okay, so we've all been sleeping on him. we would literally all been sleeping on him. And yeah, man, it's kind of just a, like, apart from, I think the track is Love Spell, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah love spell yeah not great track um but yeah apart from that i love this album to death i think this is a really good album i think there's no um it's you know quite many tracks 16 tracks right and it's you know it it kind of should be should feel like it should feel bloated but it's really not um it's not always really uh really smooth um you know healthy amount of (laughs) woo features i'd say um, very healthy amount. Um, I mean, he does dedicate the first five tracks just to himself, and then the features come in. So judge it how you will, but you know, Ghost and Ray on uh, D T, excuse me, D T D, which has um, got um, that great uh, uh, Ray, uh Otis Redding. Um, <laughs> it says O's in the freaking track, uh, O's read in a uh, sample, um, uh, whatever, Prodigal Son and Street Life, that was really fun, that was really interesting, uh, Killer Priest, Method Man, Secret Rivals, Digi Warfare, Risen, New God, uh, Old Man, uh, they and debuting Um School was very fascinating with RZA, I think I was, I think the last three tracks especially I found very fascinating um, lyrically, I really like those especially the production on them as well banging on the lunchroom table i used to spectate i think this is probably the closest we get to like here's my history in some way i feel this because that's why i like school a lot Uh, banging on the lunchroom table i used to spectate and watch some of the mc greats throw verses back and forth i didn't have the heart to step forth i used to take it home to write some of my own but still wasn't ready to touch the microphone this back staircases of school was filled with blunt residue, a broken light bulb and the crew a man or two. Banging on the wall while, while a few MCs shoot the breeze. I'm just passing through. I might have took off two I might took two off the trees. We fiend for this hip hop quarantine. Listen out for the walkie talkies of the Dean. Security coming. Um I, I, just even that little bit kind of just gives off like you know, some form of personal storytelling. Um uh, when it comes to his history, um, which I really like, I really respected that one, Silverback's just respected there, because it's just a, you know, classic kind of Wu-Tang type track, where it's just, everybody's just trying to kill each other on the mic, um, but yeah, and you know, and also the last track, which is literally named Master Killer, um, I can't move my screen, so I'm just gonna kill it there, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a great album i really enjoyed it honestly i think it was um yeah it was, it was no apart from that one track um that i've already forgotten the name of um it's a really it's a really good album i really enjoyed the entirety of it to be honest love spell there we go
0: oh my microphone was uh was flashing. <laughs> it was not turned on <laughs> <laughs> does that happen with your microphone where some you don't you click it and it doesn't actually turn you got to click it a couple of times or you got to click it at the right time yeah, yeah. yeah it's really fucking annoying look i was yeah, i was really saying natural. before my uh while i was i was muted what i said was incredible but no one will ever know what i said was i didn't actually feel like master killer is the oh, you worst maybe
1: edit it like that now <laughs>
0: i know i'm sorry but yeah look i Um, don't think master killer is the worst when he raps about sex and and love and but again as i say that's a low bar it's a low bar i don't have a lot of expectations i mean i literally just did a video breaking down a song called for a nut by a 38 year old so like you know it's a low bar but you know the the energy on this record you know maybe 2004 but we get rizza mathematics and true master behind the boards There was never going to be another sound. You know, It gets an 86 on Metacritic, which is actually the fifth highest reviewed hip-hop record from that year. Uh, It charted 136 on the Billboard 200, but it dropped entirely independently. Rain Goes, Street Life, Kill Priest, Method Man, You God, RZA, ODB, Inspector Deck, Jizzle. This is a proper Wu-Tang solo album, proper. All the bells and whistles. There's a brilliant paragraph at the start of a review of this album by James Corn, and I want to read it. He says... Uh, More than a decade after their gallant effrontery uh, into the industry with the end of the 36 chambers, a sordid supergroup known as the Wu-Tang Clan has finally revealed their ninth and final chamber, the Master Killer. From his first prolific words, homicide is illegal and death is a penalty, to his long overdue debut, uh, overdue debut, no said date, Master Killer has proven himself the most selfless loyal member of the clan. He stood strong through the group's triumphant rise and reign, and the tragedy of their wistful decline back down to the underground. He has st- stood the standstorm of time and laid murderous verses on almost every Wu-Tang release over the last 10 years, keeping his sword sharp but never too it for personal glorification. To say that MK has paid his dues is a gross understatement. I fucking love that man, and certainly, uh, Jizz's own, uh, sorry, uh, Master Killer's own words lend credence to this take. He told MV Remix, and the, I quote, I quote Master Killer, "To tell you the truth, I never really considered being an individual artist. When I got involved, it was more or less to assist and help my eight brothers succeed in the vision that they already had." I never even thought of it that way. Old Dirty Bastard, Rizza, and Jizza, those three individuals already had known what they wanted to do to be in the industry, to be a rap star, to get on. They wanted to get on since they were children. When we formed the clan, everyone was so talented. Being part of an all star cast like the clan, sometimes when you're drafted, they don't need you to come in and score 50 points, they just need an assist. So I was basically a team player who wanted to win, be a point guard with the assist and jumper here and there. But now I have no problem with showing the world I can score 63 points because that's where I'm at right now. And that's I like that energy because the statistics back that up. Between 93 and 2004, he appeared on no less than 21 Wu solo or Wu-affiliated albums. 21. You know, he was everywhere. He was always at the studio, always willing to lend his vocals. The way he approached this record too, I think, shows the integrity of his character. He told MV Remix about releasing it independently. As for the independent thing, it's always good to show the industry or whoever that you're serious individually first. That's how we started in the beginning. Before Loud, we showed that we were serious in the street right out of the gate, that we were serious about our craft first, and it's important to stick with the same formula you came in on. Now, I think it's this attention to detail and belief and dedication to the process that makes this record to me this is a classic he told mv remix to keep uh he wanted sorry to keep the woo sound because that's what people wanted to hear from him and i feel like and this is a huge take but i felt like this felt like liquid swords for 2004 it has the exact same energy you know it's got the samples it's got the production it's got the fucking the guest spots uh master killer sounds sharp and focused on pretty much every song here I think if this had come out in '94, and look, it could have because the 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 sound is yep. not you know 2004. There's no there's Ooh. no 2004 track masters. Pharrell. There's no four four beat. You know, yeah. Charlie's just like, oh, thank God they didn't go and get, you know. But fucking... funny enough, only three a, a productions uh, produced tracks. So. Yeah, but mathematics and true master are all over it too. To be fair, sure. Like. I think this is a top 10 blue solo album. You know, I don't think there's a miss on here. I think this is a... Yeah, that's a straight classic, that album. Then we get Made in Brooklyn.
1: Yeah. Um, Mind a shout-out to um, uh, to Nature Sounds, by the way. It's just a label in general because, um, you know, they've, they've they've got they've got a good, just healthy, I feel, discography, right? You know what I mean? A couple of blue tracks. Uh, blue tracks. A couple of blue projects. Obviously, Math Max, uh, uh, P-Rock has MI's Finest on there, Immortal Techniques' legendary revolutionary albums, uh, Tragedy Gaddafi, RA Rugged Man, and, and uh, obviously uh, MF Doom's uh, Special Herbs albums, and, uh, and Master Killers albums, so, you know, it's, it's, they've got some decent stuff on there, man, really, really decent stuff, so shout out to them on that front, uh, but yeah... Um, uh, made in Brooklyn um, I really like the first track Which just has like these Utes basically wrapping I, d- I found that A very A very interesting first track I've never yeah, kind of a, a Heard I've, not, I've never kind of heard that before Not a fan nah. I can see why you're not a fan like, I feel like it, it was just like A bit I don't know I don't know I, 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 I don't know I, did, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I found it interesting like, It kind of went on for a bit too long For, it, for it, what it should have been um, but past that, I think, I think it was pretty... It was, it was It's different, it's different. But, um, you know, it's not, obviously, like, the greatest intro of anything. But, yeah, man, even um, production on here is just, like, another just ragtag bunch of names. Uh, you know, I got Pete Rock on Older Gods Part 2, tough. Uh, MF Doom on E.M.Y. House, okay. And then uh, you have names I've genuinely never heard of before. Uh, Dev One, Governor Tools, uh, Jigsaw... <laughs> spelt spelt J I G S O R uh Bronze Nazareth um so yeah it's just it's really interesting um, that you know uh, you, don't, you don't you don't get the iconic names you know what I mean but uh, regardless of that it's still pretty solid overall to me um i th- i think it's probably my least favorite album and i say least favorite in that specific tense because you know, I like all four. To be honest, I I find I have a soft spot for all four. I think they all have their, um, they all have their good moments. I just feel like there's probably less good moments on less like, ah, this was great moment, um, than the other the, the other four. But this is there's no slap. This album is no slouch. Um, ringing bells, uh, particularly for me here. Uh, you take on face value how fast a light travel. This heaven sent gift from the universe, blessings, t- uh, tithe. Tithy and offerings. There's no compromising the truth. It might blow the roof off, exposing the germ tapeworm, poison animal eaters. You must learn. Let me teach you how to see through six. Rise above the mist. The naked eye can hardly detect. When I'm in, love, when I'm in effect, live and direct. It's the East New York section of Brooklyn. Bang it ass beat. Make you want to freak techniques, display the art, sword swinging, piercing your heart, sharp as a nigger on prom night, we strike with a vengeance, giving you the maximum sentence, each sentence is like a timeline for you to define, how to rhyme, come inside and relate to my last tape, no said date, say it loud, you aren't black and proud, to crack your fucking back in over any form of disrespect, to my nation sees I'm raising paper chasing for the god degree, Guarantee to disassemble any MC stepping in the place to be, off the head. I wrote this one in red for the blood of all my people, that shedded for the cause. My microphone ripped so swift. Damn! Like, is this is some real deep shit um, all over this al- all over this album in my mind? Um, <clears throat> but you know, regardless of that, is again a healthy smattering of um, Woo vocals, street corner with Inspector Deck and Jizz up. Heat, uh, you got RZA and Method Man on Iron God Chamber, Raycon and Ghostface on it is, It's What It Is. Um, but I feel like there is a, uh, I feel, I feel like, uh, this album has, again, it's good, it's it definitely has its place. I mean, you know, uh, okay, Player gave it a 3 out of 10. Uh, Oh, well, we don't do Pickfork over here, so let's not do that one. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I think it's been. I think it's healthy. I think it's a healthy album. Um, a decent. You know, not a not a sophomore slump in sight. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I just feel. I guess the others just shined more in my eyes. But you know, regardless of that, it's still a pretty decent album. Um, you know, made top fifty on the U.S. rap TV, uh, U.S. TV, U.S. Uh, top uh, rap and hip hop albums Billboard. So you know, it's a. Um, it's, it's it's fine, it's good,
0: it's solid. Look, man, there's this the 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 whole thing with this is he told Rap News Network it's basically the same formula as No Said Date, but with more of a Brooklyn swagger. It's a piece of me where I come from and a dedication to the MCs producers and the people from the neighborhood. But it's just not the same as No Said Date. Uh, you know, as Charlie said it opens with Kareem Justice, Shamil Arif and Young Prince who are woo affiliates. And look, they drop Woo level bars but they have blue face level flows it is it's a low web you know it's it's a tough start look it's the you know the lyrical the lyrical content's fine but the the flows are just they they're kids man it's like you, you're going to start it with who i don't know i don't know i don't know like especially next to master killer who's spent the last what 13 years honing his craft it's it's going to sound like a bit of <laughs> it's going to be just <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> 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 oh God. I had the flu like two weeks ago and it is not going away. It is just ah, oh, It's just sticking with me, man. Yeah, so E and I House uh or EMY House, sorry, samples the same Spider Man clip as Ho Cake's Beef Wrap and One Beer. That was really jarring when I heard that by MF Doom. Actually, MF Doom is producer of that song, so I'm not sure if he just took the beat and then paid MF Doom or if MF Doom actually because I mean those tracks came out in 04. This album came out in what 06. So you know, uh we get some weird production credits. No Riza. Pete Rock on Older Gods Part 2 definitely be has to be one of the most anemic Pete Rock beats ever. I feel like I'm watching Pete Rock create a beat on YouTube and then halfway through finished, Master Killer grabs it and it's like, Yeah, cool, now I'll rap over it. It's just not done. The beat is not done. I don't know what was going on with that. Like yeah, so I always wondered if MK had a bit of an issue with Jay-Z because he kind of name-checked Rockefeller in the MV Remix interview. And the interviewer directly asked him about ODB signing to Rockefeller. If you remember our ODB episode uh, after he re- was released from jail, ODB signed a Rock and uh, how Master Killer felt about it. And Master Killer kind of just dismissed it. He was like, yeah, you know, that's cool. I want the best for ODB. And, yeah, I just wondered if there was a bit of, a bit of tension there. In the lead-up to this album, uh, Master Killer said... I know how the Wu-Tang sound is supposed to be. I can get the sound I'm looking for, go back to the neighborhood and work with people I've wanted to for a long time. When when you hear the music, you will think of those original brothers who did the beat, but it's not. 75% of this album was recorded in Brooklyn. But I'm not looking to taking nothing over. I'm not the king of shit. It's just what I'm doing now. There's not a whole bunch of beefing and quarreling. That's just a whole bunch of bullshit that doesn't really have anything to do with music. I always wondered if that was shots at Jay-Z because it's just around the interviews around this time. He talks about Rockefeller quite a lot. And um, yeah, I just found that interesting. I think this record is kind of more in line with what I expected from his solo work. Uh, I felt like the production was a bit lower tier and it was carried by his lyricism and his verbal imagery. It was absolutely panned by critics. Uh, I got a 66 on Metacritic. Um, 176 on the Billboard 200, which is actually pretty fucking epic, considering it's entirely independent with a lot of uh, unknown producers. I just felt like it was a bit of an air project, you know. Um, I felt like Master Killer was kind of like trying to get his bearings in his solo career and, and work out what direction he wanted to go in, because you know we know Wu Tang just got like really fractured in the in the 2000s. You know, late 90s, sure they were they were like lined up behind each other. And everything was like really well, you know, regimented. But in the 2000s, things started to get really random and, and Wu-Tang albums got patchy and you never knew when a Wu solo album, whether it was what it was going to sound like. ODB, was at Rockefeller? Like it was all over the place. So, yeah, I felt like this album kind of uh, really was a microcosm of that.
1: Okay. That's right. Yeah. 2000s with 2000s anything's great but uh, anyway um all right moving on to selling my soul um i think this might be my favorite out of the four um i don't i mean when i'm looking at the tracks right i'm just like why do i like this so much and i think it's because of the overall nature of it i feel like it just blends for me very nicely um <clears throat> Master Killer does a couple does his own production on a couple of tracks here, Wise Words and Divine Glory. Got Ninth Wonder on Food. Uh, Math Max comes back as well for a couple. Inspector Deck You listening. Um, so I feel like the production just was much more cohesive, um, especially compared to Made in Brooklyn, which is a definite plus. Um, but yeah, I, I just really feel like I just really enjoy the overall concept i guess of this album it gives me um like kind of call mega vibes i think uh, uh with commentary with with its commentary um i like this song I like this uh, verse on Wides words i think the jewel that the brother tupac was dropping was uh keep your head up he was right on with that one. He was right on, right on. Supreme wisdom, the motion in which in which one moves. It's like it's like words that are wise that make the people groove. Substance, the material of integrity that builds strength. Now our see soul is in the source of universal love. It's the DNA of the world. It makes it's what makes it what it's what makes the world go round. Now those that don't have it may feel as it's, it's being incomplete to so those without it are in search of what's missing. See how I can forget the poverty, the projects, the lack of opportunity and the injustice, it's obviously just, he's obviously just talking, but it's just very, it's spoken word, right, but it's just, it just, it just nails you nice, it just nails you nice, like, you know, some spoken word is, and I feel like spoken word is, uh, is, a, is a, you know, general medium, very underrated, I feel like, um, you know, um, kind of Kendrick made it, made it uh, chic by doing it on, uh, to Barfly, but, you know, I I really, f- I really felt that that one in particular, um, but, yeah, you know, stuff like Are You Listening, um, I, I rated, um, but, yeah, I think, I think it's a really solid album overall, honestly, I can't, I don't, I can't, I think I have to listen to it a few more times because I felt, I, I felt like it kind of came and went very quickly, um, i think it's i think it's kind of a short album if i remember correctly i'm gonna the minutes right quick but um, it felt it felt very it felt very short for me but with that said I, for me personally <clears throat> i'd say it has some decent re, uh, replay value um yeah it's 39 minutes so you know it's, not, it's, it's, it's you know it's perfect album length let's say that 40 45 minutes is where most people live um but yeah, I just like the I like the cohesiveness of it. I think that's the main source towards this, um, towards why I like it. It doesn't um, doesn't chop and change too much. It stays relatively grounded um, in its uh, lyrical output. Um, most of it is. I, I'm just, uh, trying to uh, let me look up right quick whether if how many features there are. So only corrupt and ODB so I think that's kind of why I think that's pretty I think that's why for me I think that's why the fact that it's just you know (laughs) as opposed to the other two albums you know obviously with a healthy amount of Wu-Tang features and you know that's not a sort of bad thing but I do really respect this album for what it is um you know like you've been saying independent all the time and I highly respect that um in general um but yeah, just kicking it up a notch by you know not having any you know apart from ODB on Dirty Soul, which was kind of like not a feature, but he was kind of just referencing ODB. So you know, take that where you will. I guess it's out of respect, I guess, but even with that, it's not exactly ODB on the track. It's not like you know recorded from way back. So yeah, I just, I, I just really like this album. I think um, I think I think I think that's probably the main reason why just the cohesiveness and the fact that it's literally pretty much just master killer, just, uh, just, just talking. And, uh, it just feels very grounded and very authentic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, I feel pretty much the same. I'm actually, what I'm saying about this album is I think it's really fascinating because it was six years since his previous record. And I think he, you know, situates it straight back into Wii universe with the opening skit, then the intro is produced by Mathematics, beautifully soulful track with MK just running lyrical laps, man. He actually produces a couple of tracks himself on here, Wise Words and Divine Glory, which are highlights. I definitely think he lifts the sample from Keep Your Head Up by Tupac on Wise Words, which is very brave. And that's just the stream of consciousness. You know, it's just sprawling and revealing. Divine Glory, I think, is a <laughs> that's not the best beat in the world. That that one might Appear on a Diddy C tier album. It's not the best one, but you know, I wanted to mention it. What's because a Diddy A tier album? What's a Diddy A tier album? I don't know. Like R- R- life after death, right? I mean, he's got he's he got people he got people producing for him. He knew he knew the people to get. He knew the people to get. Sometimes he gets behind the boards himself, and you're like, ooh. you know what a low tier Diddy produced the album is? Kingdom Come. The beats on that are horrific. Oh dear. <laughs> ah, anyway, Legendary. Anyway. Legendary. But look, I wanted to mention that because it's indicative of what Master Killer was trying to do here. He said in a hip hop DX interview from 2012, I knew my fans needed something from me. And what he gave them is by far his most experimental and expansive drop. You know, he traverses spoken interview uh, sorry, interludes, g-funk, seventies soul samples. It's a mess, but it's <laughs> beautiful. And he said this to Hip Hop DX. I can affiliate <laughs> cool music mess. as being soothing and nourishing as a meal. So for preparing any meal, you would hope your wife prepares your meal. I mean, which is it's twenty twelve master killer. You can pre- you can prepare your own meal. You don't need your wife to prepare it, but that's okay. Um, that she puts the same love into the dish every time she makes it for you, even if it was two different dishes. You would hope that she put the same love and nourishment into making it for you as the last. And you know the love and care into this record is very clear because ODB on Dirty Soul, which is a stunning beat. Uh, really stilting but soulful at the same time. And Master Killer said this was a tribute to the soul of Wu Tang who is ODB. And it actually reminded me a little bit of uh, the unauthorized biography of Rakim from Street's Disciple. I really liked it. It's not the same, like it's just this kind of similar execution. Like I want to pay tribute to you know someone who just gave so much to hip hop. And Am is kind of difficult to contextualize because it dropped 19 years after arguably his biggest moment in hip-hop. You know, can you imagine an artist waiting 19 years to truly follow up their introduction to the world? Because I think that's what this is. You know, this is Master Killer skating. He speaks so often in interviews about sharpening his lyrical sword. And I think that worked for Ray and Jizzo. Um, absolutely. You know, kind of ensuring every punchline was razor sharp and every edge could cut you, like perfection, lyrical perfection. But Wu-Tang was far more expansive than that. You know, ODB was one of the most experimental vocalists the game had ever seen. Method Man was entirely unique. Ghostface was even sloppy at times. You know, he'd run out ahead of the beat, then he'd drop back behind it for no reason. You know, Wu-Tang was not necessarily just like lyrical sharpening of swords all the time. I think Master Killer has this ability. He mixed U-God with Jizzer, for me. You know, he had an ear for that extra seasoning that U-God could sprinkle onto a song but he also had the lyrical fitness of Jizza, And I don't think this record is his best, to me anyway, I, I definitely don't think that, but I actually feel like it was the first time we saw the most mysterious member of Wu like actually present himself. Even the interview he did with Hip Hop DX in 2012, it was so expansive. It was the first interview like that he'd ever done. And it wasn't necessarily a reflection on the commercial success of Wu-Tang and his exposure to the industry with regards to the, um, the title. You know, selling my soul is very evocative. It, it kind of sounds like he'd sold his soul to the devil. But he said, that's not what it is. He said, I think anything from the inner self that you create, anything that you give your all or anything you apply yourself to, that's part of you. We do business every day. We're in the business to sell and make money. That's our job. That's what we do. Most people, when they hear that phrase, affiliate it with something negative that's being done. But actually, it doesn't have to be. It all depends on how you're channeling the energy. I took my time and my soul and created something I thought was going to be nourishing to the musical universe and to people who are my fans from hip-hop and create something from the soul. And when you're in the hip-hop business or any musical business, we sell music. So I embraced it from that outlook. And I think that's pretty well said. It's a good album. It's a really good album. So then it
1: comes to the last, uh, which was... uh... Uh, loyalty is royalty um which i i really like the 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 concept there i like, uh, loyalty is royalty cuz um it also comes from um well comes from uh, you know uh, uh from the yeah one we just talked about but um it also it, it just brings it into this and uh, well, wise words again but this one uh, is via uh, riza and uh, i really like i really like just that um you know, I feel I feel like RZA just feeds off doing one of those like uh, essays, like lyrical essays of uh, a certain. Give him a word and he'll talk about it for like two minutes, and I don't know. I have a soft spot for it. I feel like some people don't like it, but I I, I fuck with it. It's it's fun. Um, but you know, it comes off with uh, stuff like uh, um, leads up to stuff like Trouble, which is uh, one of my favorite tracks on here. But you know. It comes back to the healthy smattering of, um, of features. Sean Price on Dow with me, uh and Inspector Deck on Tiger and the Mantis, King Crooked and Prodigy on Real People, uh, Capadonna on uh, Return of the Master Kill, Method Man and Red Man on Therapy. Great track, by the way. I'm going to see if I can get that one. Yeah, that was good. Gotta be around this music is therapeutic. Uh, the fresh, the first fresh thoughts of the day are so clear. When I walk in, my head there's a voice that talks in my ear, so I can hit, he- I, I can hear so clear. You think I'm bugging, right? I'm just contemplating, decided on how to flow this out to the west side. My killer Cali gangsters ride, and they get head right. Your son, I'm on the next flight in. Twist something tight. I'm guaranteed right to hit hits song before we reach. Throw the instrumental on and watch his word pattern of speech. Men for military are ready to swarm. Get your party on. Uh, drinks is on the house tonight. Ladies looking right. Atmosphere nice and warm. We backstage like 100 Thieves strong. Ghosts want the red light on before we get on. And now it's too short to rock. We got a million songs. I, 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 I like th- stuff like that because I feel that track is more suited for someone like Method Red. But Master Killer does make his own as well, and I like that. I like that adaptability that I feel that Master Killer can do, um, which is I think is an underrated point um, overall um, to his skill. Um, but yeah, you know that's that's only a quick mention. But you <clears throat> know, got um, different. You got some good uh, pro- production here. Ninth Wonder twice, three times actually, th- three times on this bad boy, um, and those are he. Uh, Dame Grease uh, pf Cutting, uh Reza on obviously Wise words uh, master killer again for a couple of tracks which is good to see and deal mind on noodles part 1 so you know there's some there's some there's some good there's some solid stuff around here um as well and uh you know <laughs> i kind of i kind of been saying that all this time it's like there's some solid stuff everywhere um and you know i think that's a really important thing to mention um i don't think there's many, uh, consistency is a rare, th- is, is, you know, I feel like is a is a rare, can be a rare thing um, for a lot of people, but it's interesting considering that, you know, this is 2017, so what's that? Over 20 years, and Master is still producing some solid work, like, you know, probably not <coughs> top five of the year kind of work in a similar, in similar to No Said Date. Um, but hey, man, <laughs> 20 years and you're getting stuff like this, and you're getting people on like this. You're getting good names on it. Hey, man, I can't. It just, you know, I, 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 I love albums like that. You know, I, I, I you know, we reference, we reference a few of them every week. <laughs> where it's just like this, uh, this ice has come through or has been doing it for years, and you know, they're, and they're still dropping heat and they're just keeping it consistent. And you know, that's all you can ask for uh, when it doesn't. You know, you have to ask yourself as nice, like, where what's the what's the point at a certain point, right? If you haven't had the commercial success, you might have not had the critical success, or you might have had it a taste of it or whatever. What do you do it for? You know what I mean? And while I can't answer that question for him, the fact that he's being consistent with it says something to me. So um, respect to, respect on that front, um, and for again, feel like I need to mention this again. Doing it all independently all this time, and uh, yeah, man, it's just it's, it's 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 nice to see. It's really and it's refreshing to see, um, considering the overriding in history <coughs> for Wu Tang at one point was just okay. Debut album dropped, and then everyone just rushed to get you know solo uh, major label uh, traction, and some of them did, of course. But then there's Master Killer just just doing it, doing his thing independent label just uh you know dropping every few years may get it may not may get some features may not like it's just yeah, I, I like it i like the consistency and it uh, always keeps you guessing i guess so shout out to him on that
0: yeah absolutely i mean look this is the album and and with your guys, so you know continuing to do it this was the the album that he basically been prepping and and promoting his whole career loyalty is royalty this was always going to be something special this is kind of uh you know, the, the albums that we always hear talked about like, oh, I'm going to drop this and then you get 12 albums before it and then they finally drop it. You know, it's it's the, the much spoken about Master Killer record. He put a lot of time and energy into promoting it. And, you know, it had to be good because he's so meticulous preparing a project. Like, you know, from the inane bounce of therapy to like the 93 energy of Tiger and the Manus. And just chew on this for a second. Like a song called Tiger and the Manis. Master Killer, Inspector Jack, Deck, and Jizer. That's all you need to know about that song. That's all you need to know. You're going to go straight to that song. You know, he grabs Crook mm-hmm. and Prodigy for real people. I thought that Crook held his own on that track, which was nice to hear. Noodles, part one and two. Uh, Master Killer was sometimes known as Noodles. He speaks on it during the brilliant Rosenberg interview. And a side note to that, we just need Rosenberg interviewing Wu-Tang members from now on. Any Wu, any Wu interview, I want Rosenberg doing it because... He's fucking great. You know, he's really knowledgeable, but also super fandom-y. He's, wow. like, obviously a massive Wu fan, like, just dedicated. And he's wow. every, every Wu interview I've seen Rosenberg do, he annihilates it. Beautiful. Um, wow. Stamp the date, ladies and gentlemen. Credit given by Ben to Rosenberg. I mean, wow. look, it's Ebro normally well, that don't... I'm hammering, not necessarily Rose I'm not a huge <laughs> Rosenberg fan, but the thing about Rosenberg is he knows... <laughs> He knows what he does. His research. He knows what the fuck he's talking about. Ebro has no fucking idea. He, he could be a bit simpy, but you know, like it's yeah. just better. Than, oh, absolutely. Better than being basic about it. Yeah, I but mean, it's it's sugary. It's absolutely sugary. Yeah. You can get diabetes yeah. if you listen to too much Rosenberg, but <laughs> you know. But yeah, Noodles said that uh, that that nickname came around during the Cuban Link era, and it refers to the character Noodles from Once Upon a Time in America. Production from Ninth Wonder, Dane Grease, RZA, True Master, uh, Master Killer himself, Illmind. Um, you know, by this stage of his career, he'd begun to kind of inhabit his values in a big way. He became a vegetarian. Um, you know, he spoke to Medium about his idea of loyalty. He said, family is very big to me, and I think loyalty to my family... To sell first and foremost, because if you're not loyal to, to sorry to yourself, because if you're not loyal to yourself, you can't be loyal to anyone else. And I think loyalty is definitely royalty, because it's the way you live that reflects your life. A man's word is everything. If you tell me you're going to be there at seven and you come at nine, it's like you're not showing the characteristics of your word being bond, you know. And he also tells medium this, and I think it really sums up the beauty and purity of Master Killer as an artist and a member of the industry. He said. Everybody is unique in their own right. I think everyone has a talent in their own right. I think sometimes you tap into it. Some people are blessed to tap into it and find it early in life. When you do, it's your true gift and blessing. Then it's just once you find it, you never let it go. You keep building upon it. I've always had a passion for music. I love music, but I'm heavy into sports as well. I've always loved basketball, football, boxing, Sometimes you might not find what you really love or your passion. Sometimes you find it late. Sometimes you find it early. But to find it is success in itself. And I think that's beautiful. You know, I think that Master Killer might have pulled off one of the greatest tricks in hip-hop history. He managed his famous theories in the most famous hip-hop group of all time. You know, he managed <laughs> to slip below the radar, steadily plying his trade, dropping true quality, but never placing so much important on, on fame and fortune that it would cloud his ability to discover himself. Uh, you know, before he shared it with the world. And I see this as, as him being truly unique because absolutely he paid his dues and put in his hours by 2017. But his introduction to this world changed his life entirely, and it came from a solitary verse, man, his very first verse. He hadn't spent years on street corners like meth and ODB performing for addicts and dealers trying to entertain them. He hadn't been dragged through the industry young like Jizza. you know, eyes open to the horrors of the business. He wasn't holed up in his basement for three years like Rizza. He saw Wu as an opportunity, At that stage, he didn't even know what that opportunity was for, but he grabbed it and he embraced it and he approached it with humility and patience and, you know, grew into, I think, one of the most underrated and powerful MCs that the game has ever seen. But way more importantly, he found himself. And when you hear his interviews post-2017... They're completely different to pre-2017. You know, he's speaking his mind. He's being introspective and open. He thinks out loud, which he never does before that in interviews. He's very, very cagey, very, um, you know, he knows what he's... he, He has very distinct talking points, and if you try and pull him outside of that, he pulls it straight back to the talking point he wants to say. It's kind of like a politician, but he doesn't lie like politicians, and he's not like a complete douchebag. Um, you know, he even has the bravery to call Giza his son to his face in a, in a recent interview. So, like, imagine locking into one of the biggest collective hip-hop movements in history and it's never been done before or since he's an entirely unique mc and maybe no one could ever have done it before or since because there will never be another wu-tang and there never was a wu-tang so you know master killer is this entirely unique mc and and one of the underrated gems in hip-hop history for sure okay yeah no that's
1: uh, that's for damn sure that's for damn sure honestly but yeah man we'll finish there um solid words on, on, on all fronts there and uh, hop it to a lighter like note. And um, Ben, do you play pool?
0: Uh, I don't, but my partner is apparently a demon pool player. I haven't played her yet in pool. But um, she has like a real like unorthodox technique. I've seen pictures of her playing and uh, she's all like jagged edges and limbs going everywhere, but apparently she's fucking sick, and I'm going to Melbourne next week, or this week, so I'm hoping to play her in pool, but no, I, I, I'm trash at it, there's a thing with pool that I found, I discovered when I was younger, is between like beer number three and beer number six, I'm good, I'm really good, but pre beer number three, I'm too nervous. I'm overthinking everything. And post beer number six, I'm I'm fucking smashed. So there's like a little sweet spot in there that I'm actually pretty decent at pool. But outside of that, I'm garbage. Fair enough.
1: So this has nothing to do with um, expertise in pool. But I was I was out with my boy yesterday. Um, we're just in London, uh, fucking about. And um, we were we were like. You want to play some pool, right? see up a pool spot. So we're like, okay. So we're looking at pool spots. And you know, there's a few scattered around, right? There's a couple of free ones about, right? And just you know, arcades in there. There's a couple, just um, you know, clubs, so, so to speak, right? Um, and you know, as you can imagine, if you go to the arcade ones, there's always gonna be someone there, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be waiting at some point, right? But then there's the pool. Clubs, so to speak, and I say clubs lightly, some of them are, some of them are not, but for some reason, I just don't get this logic, right, so, you want me to pay for it, okay, you want me to book it, cool, you want me to have a membership, you want me to have a membership, All membership. Just, just so I can play pole for a night, are you mad, are you serious, let's not do that like it's just silly we were looking at so many places i was looking up their sites themselves and i was just i was like okay this is good right yeah all right seven seven fifty right fine cool yeah blah, blah 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 all right where is it blah, 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 that's cool we'll get there and then they and then i see like just not even fine print but like you know it's just there it's just sitting there nicely just like oh you need a membership Like, why why do i need a membership to play pool I don't need a membership to play pool. You do though. I'm giving you some p. Give me a time slot. Let me play for an hour or two. That's all I want. I don't need a membership. It's just silly. You just you you Why? It's just unnecessary. It's like trying. It's like when um. It's like when you try and get like a free um. I don't know. Uh, just just have it. Just ask it. Like imagine if you go to the shop right Husko. and they go like, oh.
0: It's Costco, yeah,
1: brother, It's it's optional, right? It's optional when you hit up a certain shop or whatever, right? Like you know, any supermarket, right? Wherever you are in your in your, wherever country you are, you know. Sometimes they have like loyalty cards, right? And you know, just, and you get points or whatever da, 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 reward scheme, right? All that shit is optional. It doesn't. It shouldn't be compulsory <laughs> for me to have a membership. Just like so I can walk into your fucking spot and play some pool. I just want to play some pool, brother. Like, is, is that so hard to ask for? Like, ah, oh, yeah, it pissed me off so much yesterday. Jarred the fuck out of me. Looking at several places. Membership, membership, membership. I don't need a membership, bruv. And you don't need a membership. If I live, if I live around that part, I may think about it. You know what I mean? If I play pool regularly, which I don't, I'd love to, but I don't. And, you know, I just want to play some ball, bruv. I just want to be casual. Just let me casual. Can, let me book a couple of couple of hours. I'm, I'm good. I, I don't need a membership, man. It's the most illogical thing to ask for when you're getting my money and I'm booking a slot ahead of time. Like, I'm doing the legwork here, and, you, and now you're asking me for a fucking membership. Am I being a dickhead? Am I being a dickhead?
0: I don't think I am. Like, I just... Uh, just I mean, look, man. You got to use your platform for whatever you want to use it for. We got a platform here. Just yeah. Call these shitting out, on pool
1: man. tables based in London.
0: <laughs> call these people out, fucking. <laughs> I would. <coughs> um, <laughs> I have no interest in in paying a membership to play pool. Like, come on now. I put my dollar in the little the little thingy next to it, and then. Uh, but that was the thing with Costco. I was so I never knew about Costco's membership, right? And when I right. was. Uh, not too not too psychologically well about eight years ago. I, was just, I used to just drive around Sydney because I didn't have any friends and I wasn't really talking to anyone. And I saw Costco on the side of the road. I'm like, oh, Costco, I've heard of them. So I walk up to the front door and the guy goes to me, can I see your membership card, please? And I just like <laughs> brushed past him and said, I don't have one. And he put his arm out and Ooh, stopped battles. me from entering. And he says, no, you cannot enter without a membership. You need to go buy one. And I said how much is a membership and he said $60 a year and I I was shocked Jeez. and normally I would not react in this way because I'm I'm a pretty uh you know a pretty normal kind of fella but I I was shocked I'm like excuse me $60 a year to sh- to shop to to buy
1: goods from you
0: to pay you money the ability
1: money? to buy cops cop yes. food
0: What are you talking about and I left just dazed dazed and confused and as i was walking down the ramp i saw all these people walking up it with their big trolleys like what what i don't get it so look man i've never understood the costco business model but it seems to work like maybe we it need does. to. Do, maybe we need memberships maybe we need a uh, I, I just checked our transistor numbers actually i don't know why i did it i was just thinking about it earlier like i haven't checked transistor in a while we're doing all right we fucking glowed up in April. We blew up on Apple Podcasts. Maybe Apple Podcasts gave us some sort of algorithmic bump because there's a big jolt. Like, we went from, like, around 600 a month to just, like, 1,600 in from Apple Music alone in April. Very weird bump. I don't know what's going on there. Thank you, Apple, for that, though. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, so...
1: Um, but yeah, yeah, I guess, a uh, shout to listeners as well, if, uh, for, for new and olds, I guess on that front. Oh, uh, we love boosting. Fuck yeah. Yeah, man. Um, well, but in Portugal, yeah,
0: fuck yeah. Whoever's in Portugal listening to us right now, man, shout out Hong Kong, United Arab Emirates, man, Ivory Coast, Ghana, fuck. We just, we worldwide, we are worldwide, internationally known for dropping fire on the microphone. Mm. Yep.
1: exactly, exactly. Fun fact: Did you know Curtis Blow it was called Curtis Blow because he was, uh, because he was uh, kind of like at odds with, uh, I think it's Eddie Chiba. I forget uh, Eddie. I forget. I forget. Is the but it's Chiba the in the end. And because Chiba is slang for you know just like low tier, low tier uh, uh smoke, blow, cocaine. Obviously, high class back in the day. Hence, Curtis Blow.
0: Interesting. I did not. Shout out to the car, I had Curtis no idea that. Now,
1: I don't know if that's facts or fiction because I was, I was. I'm actually reading a comic called. Uh, uh, let me get the name of it because it is really fucking sick. Like styled in like seventy style. Um, Hip Hop Family Tree by Ed Pisco. and um, yeah, it's just. Top tier. It's just such a bang. It's a really entertaining read. I'm not gonna lie. Um but yeah, it's like covering hip hop history, and uh, I don't know whether it's factual or not, but um, or just like or like um, you know, just retelling myths. Um But yeah, it's 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 very it's very fascinating. They got a uh, uh, they got a uh, uh, Russell Simmons doing thithin th- 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 thithin, and they actually just like put it in there as well. It's like well, <laughs> they actually like put the th- <laughs> in the names. It's kind of funny to it's kind of funny to read, but yeah, shout out to shout out to that if you want to hit up a hip hop comic, um, go for that. Uh, random random plug, but here we are. Uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we shall leave it there before I think of something uh, uh random to think talk about once again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been from the Fifth In podcast network. This has been digging digits. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. I've
0: been Charlie to the Fifth End. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers.
1: Next week we are hitting up uh doing a contemporary call. Uh, we're going to have two albums from the past 10 11 years 12 years and uh, and and talk about them um okay. well well you know come come back next week you'll know what the albums are <laughs> I was going I was going to look them up because I've written them down somewhere but no go fuck yourself just come back next week and you'll know what we're talking about yeah but until um, then
0: yeah, yeah yeah no I'm fucking I'm keen man this is, I've 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 written them I'm ready to rock I'm fucking one of them is going to be great they're both actually really you. interesting. They're both kind of similar to each other in, in a way, but yeah, anyway. What, you gassing yours up? I'm gassing his, like, what? Well, yeah, my two. I can't even remember your oh, two. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. bad. With yeah, all oh, right, cool. My cool. memory's trash, Cheers. man. Look, man. Cheers, bro. I've, I've done a lot of Cheers, drugs bro. in my life. My memory's garbage. I,
1: I remember yours.
0: Until the next you're time. You're younger than me. <laughs> Give me a break, bro. I'm 33. <laughs> I got some fucking miles on my clock. I tell you <laughs> that, like
1: <laughs> <laughs> we hope you all have a good week. <laughs> I to say, I'm going to I'm going to take care of my emotional wounds. You'll be okay <laughs> Until man. next time. Take it easy. Thanks, <laughs> chill. All right, peace. <laughs> Digging in digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for your show. Speaks the show. of the games for bonus points. Make the sure chill records. Ability to use socials for the fifth element hip-hop by numbers bonus points to your records will be in the full show notes as well as the names of projects reviewed wherever you're listening this has been a fifth in podcast production thanks for spending time with us we to see you next time digging in the digits